and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, your host, and this is a podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Today's episode is going to start with a couple of products and systems that I've been obsessed with recently, and then we will go into some listener-submitted questions and tips. I know we're all trying to put together our systems for next year and thinking about how we want to keep track of things going forward, so I hope this episode gives you some ideas and inspiration. The first thing we're going to talk about is something I've been playing with and really enjoying recently, which is the Hobonichi Weeks used as a wellness planner. Now, I am certainly not the first person to do this. I've seen many use this product as a wellness planner before, but it's actually the first time I've ever played with the Hobonichi Weeks, which is kind of surprising because I've used everything else in their lineup, I think, at this point. The Hobonichi Weeks is very compact, and it's a weekly planner that's much taller than it is wide, and it has the days going horizontally on the left side and gridline paper on the right. It's very light. I'm sure this weighs less than a pound in my hand and easy to carry around. There are cloth covers available, and you can also get clear cover-on-cover vinyl covers to keep things protected. I ordered one this year with my Hobonichi haul in a sunshine yellow color, and I covered it with a vinyl floral cover, so that's kind of protecting it. I was actually using it coverless for a few weeks, but already kind of got a little dirty, so decided to put the cover on, and now it looks good as new and hopefully will stay protected for the year. So I know there have been a number of wellness planners out there, and I've even reviewed some of them and have some of them to review, but I've never found one that worked perfectly for me. I have always liked to track my workout metrics and my nutrition, but I often do that in my regular planner, but sometimes that doesn't feel quite right, especially because I have it like open on my desk, and I don't know that I want everyone who comes in there to be like, oh, look what you had for breakfast today. I don't know. So I decided it might be time to separate things out and try the week's. I had planned to do that for 2022, but was pleasantly surprised to realize that this planner actually starts in December of 2021. So I decided to actually get it going now. In fact, the first week in the weekly layout started November 29th. So I've already gotten to try it out for a week as I'm recording this episode. And so far, I really, really like it. The planner has an annual spread. I have not decided with what I'm going to do with that yet. Maybe kind of code what my workouts are or something like that. But there's actually a tiny box for every single day of the year. And I'm going to use it for something wellness related. We will see. And then there are monthly layouts for each month beginning in December. Since you guys know I am passionate about improving my, I don't know, the intentional use of screen time rather than mindless scrolling. And if you didn't hear my fairly raw and passionate episode about Instagram. That's just a couple episodes back, and I'll link it here in the show notes. But yeah, I've decided to track the number of minutes I spend on screen time on these monthly spreads, and I think that will help keep me accountable. Although I have to say, since removing Instagram from my phone, it has become much, much easier to stay in line on this particular metric. I decided that I would actually color code things a little bit. So 100 minutes is usually kind of my upper limit of what I consider ideal. So I decided that under 100 minutes a day would be green, 100 to 150 would be yellow, and more than 150 would be red, like sound the alarm. I've got to get off my phone. And then I just look at the screen time app each morning. I look at the prior night and I just write it down in the calendar box. So far, I'm doing amazing. However, I know that when things get stressful, sometimes this becomes more difficult for me. So I think that having a calendar spread to track it and stay aware of patterns will be really, really helpful for me as I try to make using my phone less just a completely ingrained 
habit. I also decided to use some blank space at the bottom to track books I read because those two do go hand in hand. The less scrolling, the more books, and I'm hoping that I kind of see that. Then in the weekly portion of the planner, which takes up most of it, I am going to use this for logging workouts, hours of sleep, including the actual times I went to bed and woke up. And then on the right page, which as I mentioned, is just a grid, it's blank. I use lines to divide it into basically four sections for each day. So they look like squares and I'm using it for my meal tracker. So the left-hand column says B for breakfast. The middle column is L for lunch, D for dinner, and then S for snack. I do not track calories or amounts or anything like that, but it's just a basic log of what I'm eating. I don't plan ahead either, although I know some people really like to do that. However, I do know that when I track what I'm eating, it does help me to stay reasonable and not do mindless grazing or make choices that I know that I'm going to regret writing down. So yeah, this is really helpful for me and it fits so well on that blank page on the right. And then the left has plenty of space for my workout. So I write details of runs, including the temperature and any splits. And then as I mentioned, sleep goes next to that. If you would like a visual, I will be sharing this in the show notes so you can see exactly how I use these pages. I really think this is going to be helpful for me and I'm excited to get it out of my regular planner just because this is a little bit more kind of personal type data and I often leave my planner out on my desk and in a way it just feels like it should be separate. I also put like one day I had a migraine that I took my migraine medicine so I can track things like that. There are also a number of blank pages in this planner. I haven't entirely decided what I will use them for. I do want to keep everything to the wellness theme, so I don't think I'm going to track like, you know, other yearly lists in here. I think I might do health tracking for my kids, so any kind of doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, or things that they go to can go in there. I could put health expenses in there because sometimes I have to file for reimbursement for the, one of those flex spending accounts and I forget, so that would kind of go with that. I could put notes for any kind of training plan that I undertake, so things like that. I don't know that I'll use all the blank pages in this book. There are about 30 total, but I think this pages will be useful. And again, this is still such a compact book that I'm not going to be heartbroken if I don't use every single page. By the way, they do make what's called a Hobonichi Weeks Mega, which has more than 100 pages of notes in the back. You know, this is actually the smaller, slimmer version. If you have tracking where you'd want to do like a page for every day or a half page for every day, journaling or something like that, I could see how a mega would be kind of a souped up version of what I'm doing right now. So yeah, that's my wellness planner for 2022. I'm so excited that I got to already start it. If it works well, this may become kind of a yearly thing for me. And I am excited to share that with you in some of the pictures. So please check out the show notes. All right, the other thing that I am borderline obsessed with right now is Todoist. So once again, I got this idea from guest Sarah Powers, who came on the show just a couple months ago. It took me a while. I sort of played with it. I don't remember what made me. I think I finally decided to play with an account because I wanted to start tracking what goals I wanted to think about for the next year, but I wanted them in a digital format because I was still kind of playing with them and brainstorming and wasn't ready to make a final list. So I made a 22 for 2022 project in Todoist and then started to kind of realize that this app could be really useful for other things. So I am a convert. I did purchase the pro version, which was $35 for a year. 
year. And the reason I had to do this was because Todoist has you set your lists up in projects. You can do five projects for free, but if you want more than that, you do have to pay for the pro version. So when it asked me after I tried to make that six project, I just figured that 35 for a year sounded pretty reasonable and I signed up. I also ended up trying it as a capture for my monthly list. Now, I do plan on putting these on paper as well. As you guys know, I really like using PowerSheets. And honestly, in the Hobonichi, there is a blank page for each month. And I often write out my monthly list there. But I don't know. I think it can be kind of useful to have an on-the-go version as well. And I do like how you can do it as a board view. So you see each of your categories with your tasks there. I also like it as a kind of on-the-go catching tool. So there is an inbox where if I think of something to do and I'm just like, I don't know if it's like a weekly task or a monthly task, I'm just not sure what the scope is, but I don't want to forget it. I can just throw it in the inbox in Todoist and then categorize it or plan it out or calendar it later. So I do think this is a useful tool. I'm not using it to replace my Apple Notes. I still think Apple Notes is a great organizer for content. Like I use it in particular to capture school things to like like notices that come home from school that I need to keep. I have a whole file for my different podcasts and I capture the questions there and show notes and things like that. So I don't think all of that makes sense to move to Todoist because one of them is more like to-do items and one of them is more just like a digital filing cabinet of sorts. So they're separate to me, but I do see the usefulness in Todoist now. It is not by any means replacing any of my paper planners, but I just see it as a useful adjunct. So I'm excited about that. All right, we are going to take a quick ad break, and then we will be right back with some really fun listener questions, tips, and tricks. This episode is brought to you by Prep Dish. Getting a healthy dinner on the table can be challenging at times, especially as we are barreling towards the holidays and the new year. But Prep Dish is a wonderful tool to help you keep up with planning and executing healthy meals even during your busiest seasons. PrepDish is a meal planning service where you get weekly menus that are great at striking the right balance between healthy, kid-friendly, and convenient. As I'm planning meals on Sunday, I put my PrepDish meal plan straight into my planner, and that's when I do my grocery shopping as well. They offer keto, paleo, gluten-free, and super-fast plans. We usually use one of the last two. And then my meal planning is done for me in an instant. PrepDish has two major benefits the way I see it. First, they do the work for you when it comes to choosing varied, healthy, and delicious meals for the week. When I'm planning myself, I tend to get sick of the same repetitive meals, but having Allison choose for me brings in more variety and fun, like the cauliflower apple soup we had last week that was fantastic. The recipes are really well thought out, and she emphasizes seasonal flavors, so lots of wintry soups and stews in the recent menus. Second, she puts together an amazing game plan for prep day to make the rest of your week go smoothly. You can do prep day on a relaxing weekend afternoon with your favorite playlist or podcast in the background. Maybe holiday music right now as that season approaches. So the founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. This is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out prepdish.com plans for this amazing deal. In addition to the super fast menus that I love, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and keto options, so there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. 
Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Now, the first question comes from Lauren, and I'm going to go ahead and play that now. Hi, Sarah. My name is Lauren, and I'm speaking to you from Berlin. I have three kids, and my oldest, my eight-year-old son, has declared his top wish for a Christmas present, a planner. I went on an online search and was rather disappointed to see how overtly girly almost all the kids' planners are. I'm sure my son would like to have something fun and colorful, but he would definitely be turned off by pink and purple with unicorns and swoopy cursive writing. The few planners I have seen that aren't overtly feminine are sports-themed, and that's not really his thing either. Something that is still kid-like and fun, even if it's on the minimal side, perhaps with cheerful yet ginger-neutral colors, or that has themes like nature or space or something science-y, I, I don't know, so something more in that direction, that would be more his style. I'd like something with a monthly and weekly layout. A year overview would be good as well. I'm also looking for something where he can track his reading and habits and manage longer-term learning goals. Lined paper would be best, and the format shouldn't be too small, 
since he's still got little kid writing that requires a bit more space. One caveat, although I'd like to support a smaller U.S. business, I would prefer something that doesn't cost a small fortune to ship to Europe or something that is available in Berlin. It is a big city, so we do have lots of options here. I would like to hear any ideas you may have, though, regardless of shipping. Thank you. All right. What a fun question. And all the way from overseas. I love that. Don't forget that you can submit audio questions. Just go to the show notes page, scroll down, and there's a widget where you can do that. You could also just send me a voice memo via email. I don't have a text box set up yet, but hey, maybe in the future, if I figure out how to do that, we'll have that option as well. Okay, so my ideas for Lauren. I agree with you. Sometimes, though, the best thing to do with a kid is to not get them a kid's planner, but just to get them a regular planner because there are so many open-ended systems that really are very gender neutral, and then they could add any kind of personalization they want. Now, you specifically were interested in, in reasonable shipping to Europe. So I think one great option for you would be Personal Planner. They can be found at personalplanner.com. The company is based in Sweden. They're very customizable spiral notebook planners. Uh, You can do all different kinds of covers. You could go, you know, as gender neutral as you want, or even as you mentioned, like a space theme or something like that. And there's lots of different layouts. And because they are European based, I think the shipping would be reasonable for you. The only caveat I will give is that I have never actually ordered one to see and hold in person. However, I have been referred this brand by several listeners, so they must make really nice stuff. And I will have to plan on ordering one sometime in 2022 so I can do a true review because I am very intrigued by this company. But I think that might be a great option for you. I also will give a plug for the fact that my nine-and-a-half-year-old daughter is currently really enjoying and liking the And Studium Planner that I purchased via Honeypress. So this is, I believe, a Korean-made planner that is supposed to be a study planner, but is actually a very open-ended daily, weekly, and monthly planner. And it's also pretty neutral. They have a blue color. They have a white color. You could put any kind of stickers you want. There's also a clear cover, so you could kind of put any kind of photos you wanted. So it's, again, very open-ended when it comes to style. And I do think it could fit a kid really well because you could use the daily pages to keep track of what you're doing in school and add homework. You could track your weekly activities. So I think that would be a really viable option as well. And then there's always just the really other super open-ended planners out there like Moleskin and Leuchtturm. And I would just say, go simple. Let your kid customize in a kid way with stickers and their own touches rather than not necessarily going for a quote-unquote a kid's planner because you're right. A lot of them are just lean really towards feminine styling, which is unfortunate. We got to have some more, you know, gender-neutral options out there and hopefully someone will hear this and create it. But until then, that's the route I would go. And again, I found that my daughter seems more attracted to regular old planners rather than kids' versions anyway. All right, so I love that question. Thank you for submitting it. Next, I have a tip from a listener. So you know we had Gretchen Rubin on, and we've talked about different planning techniques and systems for those who have different personalities when it comes to meeting goals. You guys know I'm an upholder, which means I respond readily to inner and outer expectations. But a more common personality type is actually an obliger. Obligers respond readily to outer expectations, like if their friend wants to meet them and do something, but they really struggle with their own internal goals. So this person wrote in and they mentioned that they have an obliger's love of the week. So here's their obliger's love of the week, a website called Focusmate. 
It pairs you up with a stranger somewhere in the world or a friend if you send them your personal link for 25 or 50-minute video sessions. The structure is that you say hello, say what you're planning to do in the session, do your work for the session, usually while muted, and then let each other know at the end how you did. This listener says she uses it for pesky life admin, to work on days when she's tired, for exercise, decluttering, anything. And it's actually free for up to three sessions a week, which is kind of amazing, or $5 a month for unlimited. And you can schedule sessions ahead of time or at the last minute. And she notes that she is not affiliated, just very happy with it. How cool is that? A way to basically make your work a shared experience for those that have struggle doing it on their own. So if anybody checks out Focusmate, and again, I'll link that in the show notes as well, please let me know. I just think that's a fantastic idea. The next thing I wanted to bring to your attention is that Ashley Brown, a prior guest on our podcast and host of the Routine and Things podcast, just released a book. I am so excited for this book and just so proud of Ashley. Her book is called The Routine Building Handbook, and it's now available for pre-order on Amazon and other you know outlets where you can get books. And I just think this is so cool. I think her podcast is excellent and kind of fills a void because I don't think there's that many people talking about routines, despite the fact that they are so incredibly important. So this is not sponsored in any way either. I just thought listeners might be excited to know about that, especially if you enjoy the episode with Ashley. So again, that's called The Routine Building Handbook by Ashley Brown, and it's coming out in a couple months, but you can pre-order now. Finally, I had another listener mention a totally free resource that I think might be interesting to some of you, so I wanted to mention it. That is called The Year Compass. So The Year Compass is a printable PDF that basically brings you through a whole goal-setting process for the year. And unlike many resources like this, it's actually completely free, which is really amazing. I'm not sure. They do have a Patreon. So I guess they, you know, do have some premium content and that's probably how they can keep things running and alive. But otherwise, it's completely free to use, downloadable. You just put in your email address and that's at yearcompass.com. That might be an alternative to a resource like Cultivate or, you know, for those that do um, full focus, they have their own year planning resources. But if you're strapped for caps this year and just want to try something free, this one might be just as good. And it's certainly worth a try because you can just get it and download it and see if you like it. All right. So in this episode, we talked about the Hobonichi Weeks. We talked about Todoist and how I'm using it for next year. We talked about gender neutral kids planners, especially those that ship to Europe, but also in general. We talked about a really cool tool for obligers called Focusmate. Thank you again for the listener that sent in this tip the Routine and Things book that's coming out, which is super exciting. And finally, the free resource of yearcompass.com for a goal-setting template basically to take you through your next year that is completely free. So I hope you enjoyed this episode filled with resources to make your next year great. Please keep sending me tips. As you know, I'm off of social media, but very easy to find via my blog, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. You can always go to the top and click the best laid plans icons to see the most up-to-date show notes. I post the show notes every Monday. You can contact me via my email address on the blog. Leave a comment, leave a voice memo, anything you would like. So I'm still excited to connect with all of you. I think we've got great things going forward into next year. So keep those wonderful ideas and questions coming. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful week.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.